Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Today, we're actually going to do a book review. Uh, This book was sent to me by a friend. She actually sent me an excerpt um, on a Instagram post, and she said, I would love to hear your opinion and your thoughts on this. And so it was definitely intriguing. I'm going to read it to you in a second. Uh, But I decided I'm going to get the book and I want to read it. And so the book that I'm going to be talking about today is called More Than a Body, and it's by Lindsay and Lexi Kite. They are twin girls, so you know I have a special place in my heart for twin girls. And um, I thought this quote was very, very interesting, so much so that I've been talking about it a lot with my clients. And so I wanted to talk to you about it as well. Let me read this. It says, In our doctoral research among 18 to 35-year-old women and in the online body image course we have offered for several years to girls and women ages 14 and up, we started with the same simple question. How do you feel about your body? What we found over and over is that when you ask women about their body image, in other words, how they feel about their bodies, you'll get a bunch of answers to a totally different question. Most will describe how they think they look, highlighting what they or others perceive as their worst flaws. Belly rolls, love handles, cellulite, loose skin, flat chests, embarrassing bits to hide or fix. It's as if rather than being asked how they feel about their bodies, they were asked, what do you most fear someone will see when they look at you? Overwhelmingly, their answers reflected embarrassment, fear, anxiety, and pain. Whoa. I mean, let that sink in for a second. The question was, how do you feel about your body? And instead, most would answer what they think or what they perceive others to think as their or others to see as their worst flaws. How far off is that? I mean, for me, I think it's pretty dead on. And so that's what we want to talk about today. These are things that I personally struggle with, so I'm going to get really vulnerable with you. And I know if I'm struggling with it and they're writing a book about it, then there's many, many more people listening today that also struggle with it. And so I just want to have a really honest conversation about the work that I'm doing, um, the work that I want to encourage you to do, uh, some take-home messages, and just really practical things we can all think about or perhaps just even become aware of so that we're not struggling anymore. I think for me where the big struggle comes from is you know, we're supposed to have a, a positive body image of ourselves, right? That's the latest message. 
uh, love yourself, love wherever you're at. It doesn't matter what size you are. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your hair type or your eye color or any of those things. You are perfect. But we also know that most media messages to women, especially, is that your happiness, your health, your power, your relationship status, all of those things depend on how good we look to others, right? All of the things, our happiness depends on how we look and how others perceive us. And so even though we're supposed to love ourselves and we're supposed to feel like we're perfect the way we are, every message that we get from most media sites, commercials, TV, magazines, social images, is all about how to look better so we can be happier, so we can have more money, so we can attract more men, so we can keep our relationships. And it's all possible if we just purchase the right products or the right services, all of those things are within reach. And so we believe that message, but it's also conflicting to the message where we're supposed to love ourselves where we're at. I know it's conflicting for me. I read a book a couple years ago. It's called Divergent. It was a young adult fiction book. My son had to read it for, um, I think he chose to read it for a class. And what's interesting about this book, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but there were different factions in the city. And there was this one group of people that they were not allowed to have mirrors in their house. And it got me thinking, what if I didn't have a mirror in my house? What if I wasn't able to check myself out before I left my home or, you know, look into the mirror and look at, you know, wrinkles or, or age spots or, you know, blemishes or bad hair. Like if I didn't have a mirror, I wouldn't know any of that stuff. And so I would just exist and I would just live. I think my life would be better. If I didn't have a mirror, right? We talked about in episode one or two or three, whatever it was in the very beginning about not having a scale. Because when you don't have a scale, you don't let a number define who you are. If you don't have a mirror, you don't let beauty define who you are. And I know some of you are like, whoa, you just took that way too far. Like, I need to know if I have stuff in my teeth or if my hair is standing up. I know we're not going to get to the point where we don't have mirrors in our home. But just think about it. Think about what your life would look like if you didn't have a mirror. You know, I'll take that up a notch. You know, it's not just mirrors. Now we have social media. So not only do we have other people judging us based on how we look, but now we're seeking out likes and comments and followers. It's as if we took the mirror and we took it up 10 notches. There's this idea in the book where they talk about living almost like a double life where you're living your life, you know, you're having conversations, you're having experiences, you're, you know, maybe moving from one place to another, you're doing an activity. So you're actually doing the stuff, you're living life. But then for women and maybe for men too, I can't speak for men. um, But then there's this alter part of your life where you're also checking out either 
other people's perception of you or you're thinking about what are other people thinking about me in this moment. You know, a great example of this would be when you go to the beach, right? So there's the part of you that's actually at the beach, maybe playing with your kids or going in the water or laying out or having fun. And then there's the other part of you that is constantly on edge, wondering what everybody is thinking about you while you're on the beach, how you look, what your body is like, should you be at the beach, right? It's almost like we're living a double life. And I wanted to scream from the rooftops, yes, this is me. Yes, I feel like I live a double life all the time. I'm trying to live my life, have fun, do things, but then I'm also constantly worried about what people may think of me, how people are judging me based on how I look or how I'm dressed or do my clothes fit okay? You know, do people like what they see? Are they judging me? Maybe you shouldn't wear that. Oh, that doesn't fit you as well, right? And what it does is it robs and it steals us from the opportunity to just be and just exist and live life to the fullest. And so I read this book and my hand was raised high for a lot of it. Just being honest. And I didn't like it. I didn't like it one bit because I'm not fully present in opportunities that I want to be present. And so I got to fix this. And so I'm taking down all the mirrors. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not doing that. (laughs) But I feel like maybe that would be helpful, right? Or maybe I need to stop posting things online because there is this like urgent, necessary feeling to then see if anybody liked what I put online. And then I'm not just enjoying life because I'm constantly going back to a Facebook page to see if anybody commented or liked it. That's messed up. It is. And so, yeah, let's just talk about it. How does that make you feel? You know, when we use beauty and media as our standards, which are constantly shifting, what's in style one day is not in style the next. We are constantly pursuing something that doesn't exist, right? You know, I, you look at the images, the, some of the things that you're looking at, whether it's, you know, skin care or hair care or, or just or body shape, right? We have to remember, too, a lot of these pictures have been manipulated in some way or there's filters. So we're chasing after a perfection that doesn't even exist. And then we're not experiencing life because we're so worried what other people are thinking of us. And it's ruining and robbing us from living a fulfilled life. You know, one of the things that they mentioned here, it said, if your mission is to mold yourself into something you've been taught is worthy of love and acceptance, you will never be fulfilled. I just started thinking, you know, the Bible teaches us that all over the place. When you're seeking out the wrong things, it never fulfills you. You know, when you're looking for for money or when you're looking for um, fame or pride or all those things, recognition, you're constantly chasing after something. You're never really fulfilled. And so, again, I'm not here to judge because, man, I could judge myself before I could judge anybody else. I'm just here to bring awareness so that we can just have a conversation and think about, What do I want to do next? 
All right. So I want to just call out a couple notes that I had written on this book. Obviously, you know, go get a copy of it, read it, see what resonates with you. Um, but uh, I just want to read a couple things. You know, it said, here's this idea of what they call self-objectification. Self-objectification is an invisible pr prison where you picture yourself being looked at instead of fully living. That's that double life I was talking to you about before. And the question they pose is, where does this keep you from fully living? Is it when you're at the beach or at a swimming pool? When you're out with friends? When you're at the gym? Right? You know, out with friends. That's a big one I hear a lot of women who don't go out because they are worried about what they're wearing or they, they feel like they will be perceived as something you know, undesirable, whether it be to their spouse or someone they're dating or to girlfriends. And so they stay at home. And I think, oh, that is just the saddest thing I've ever heard of. We're not experiencing life because of what we fear. Other people are thinking about us. But yet I guarantee you, they're thinking the same thing. So grab your closest girlfriends and just agree to stop and to show up. I mean, the I have a couple close girlfriends and we have this, this saying, no representatives. We're not allowed to bring representatives. If we're going out and you don't feel like dressing up, you wear your sweatpants and we will get behind you 100%. If you, you know, don't feel like you want to put on this great big smile because you're feeling, you know, sad, then don't. We don't want the fake version of you. We want the authentic version of you. Something else I wrote down, it says... As adults, our imagined goals in life often include our goal bodies. Many of us can't envision our happiest, most fulfilled future selves without also imagining ourselves looking better from how we do now. Huh. I started thinking about that because I love writing goals. I love making goals and thinking about where I want to be and what I want to do. And I started thinking about when I picture myself in those places or in those moments of my life, what do I picture myself looking like? Huh, never really thought about that before, but I can't say they're wrong. Usually if I'm, you know, experiencing something exciting, like a goal, like, oh, we're going to um, open up something at work or we're going to start a new program or I'm going to start a new speaking series or something like that. I'm also looking pretty good when I'm doing it. And so if we think that one can't happen without the other, then we're going to miss out on a lot of opportunities. We're not going to live our best lives because if you think that you have to look a certain way in order to achieve a goal, what's that going to hold you back from? All right. Here's something that I thought was really, really, um, this one hit close to home for me. And I'm kind of embarrassed about it. But again, I told you I'm going to be open and honest and vulnerable. And so here it goes. It says, we def if we feel defined by how we appear, we will then define everyone else about on how they appear too, positive or negative. Ugh. Right? If I'm going to define how I feel based on how I appear, which I do all the time, then that method of judgment will be how I judge others. I don't like that one bit. 
I don't want to think that I would judge somebody based on how they look. But if that's how I judge myself, then it would make sense that I would use the same form of judgment to somebody else. I hate that. I hate it more than anything. I want to believe I am better than that. But then I have to change what I'm doing. I can't self-objectify and I can't live a double life and then expect to extend a different grace to somebody else. And so that's something I need to work on because that just doesn't feel good to hear, to internalize. And so I wonder, is that something you struggle with too? If you're constantly defining yourself by how you appear, are you defining others that way? And is that something you'd like to change? Here's something else I thought was really interesting. When we stop giving beauty the power to make us, we take away its power to break us. It works both ways. I think that's what I finally come to the realization. If I don't want it to do this anymore, then I have to choose differently. But what does that look like? Right? I think that's really the question. What does, what does this look like? Because I think for all of us, again, we keep getting this message about positive body image. I don't know if that's really what we should be seeking. Here's the thing. Positive body image isn't believing your body looks good. It's knowing your body is good, regardless of how it looks. So positive body image isn't about loving all your flaws. That's great. Positive body image is knowing that you are good, regardless of the flaws. It keeps the focus on the body, it doesn't put the focus on who you are as a person. And that honestly, that's what we want others to see. The shell of us, yeah, that's great. But when we're with somebody and when we have deep, meaningful relationships, it's because they see who we are as a person. And so that's what we want to focus on. If that's what we want people to see in us and what we want to see in others, then we have to do better. I have to do better. Some of you have to do better. And we'll work on it together, right? It's not going to be easy. Just because we have this conversation doesn't mean, okay, I won't be worried about it anymore. No, we're going to have to practice. We're going to have to do some some heavy lifting. But I'm going to give you a couple places where you can start. And for me, this is where I'm going to start too. This was a big one for me. This was a statement that they said in the book and I wrote it down. You are not a before and after. Huh. You are not a before and after. See, I do a lot of work with nutrition, obviously, and a lot of times I'll come across different exercise programs when I talk to people about what they're doing that feels good to them when they're moving their body. A lot of exercise programs, especially now, because there's just so many online opportunities, uh, whereas before that didn't exist. Uh, Now with, you know, post-COVID, everything is online because, you know, you can't rely on something to be open anymore and stay open because of, of health concerns. And so everything is moved online. 
And every program, a lot of the programs I see, not every program, but most programs I see, they want you to start with a before picture. They want to take your picture and they want to highlight where you were at when you started. And I get it because at the end of the program, they want to see where you finish and they want to see the changes and they want to post those changes so that other people will buy their program. The problem is, is you are more than a before and after picture. Your before picture might be somebody's after. Can you imagine how upsetting that is to the person who, you know, is looking at your before picture and thinking, I would kill for that. And you're thinking, ugh, this is horrible. This is my before picture. Just wait. We're constantly comparing ourselves about our before And then if we can't follow through with the program, we won't take an after picture. And you know what? We just have to realize that we are more than 30-day programs. We are more than 90-day programs. We are not just a matter of a principle of before and after pictures. So instead, we are just during. I think that's what they said said we should focus on saying instead. I'm not a before. I'm not an after. I'm a during. I just, I am. There will be different parts of me at different phases of life. One is not better than the other. It just is. And so, you know, when I start, for me personally, because I like to do different exercise programs, when I start something new, okay, this isn't a before and an after. It's just where I'm at right now. It's a during. And it has really shifted my brain into being very grateful for the body I have and where I'm at in the moment versus focusing on, you know, what does this look like? How is my body going to look? Is somebody going to like it better? You know, am I going to be able to wear different clothes and then hopefully get more acceptance from other people? No, it just is. It, it's taking that divide and it's starting to erase it. And when I say that divide, I mean between me actually living my life and then me constantly in my head perceiving how others are viewing me. I want that to go away because I don't like that. I don't like the way that that feels. And so, yes, you are not a before and an after. You're a during. And that's wonderful, right? Positive body image isn't believing your body looks good. It's knowing your body is good. Your body is good. How do we know that? Because you live in it and you are good. You're amazing. All right. Number two, your body is an instrument, not an ornament. Huh. There was another one that got me. In fact, that's, I think, the tagline of the book. Your body is an instrument, not an ornament. All right. None of our flaws would be a concern if we valued these parts of our bodies for the function they serve and how we experience them from inside ourselves. I'll read that again. None of our flaws would be of concern if we valued these parts of our bodies for the function they serve and how we experience them from inside ourselves. You are not an ornament to be looked at and judged and, you know, praised any of that stuff your body is an instrument to do things and help people and 
serve people and do great, amazing things. And so if we stop believing that we're an ornament, we take away the desire and the time and the effort to, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. We just take away all the crap. (laughs) We just take away all the junk and it allows us to fully experience who we are as a person. Right? Your body is not an instrument, an ornament. All right. So give you an example. Just did this the other day. I was walking in the living room. We have a mirror right near the door, the front door. Great. Another mirror to take down. Um, But we have a mirror and I happened to walk past and immediately, as soon as I saw myself in the mirror, I immediately sucked my stomach in. Right. I did that. How many of you guys do that? As soon as you see yourself, you automatically suck your stomach. It was, it was almost, I didn't even have to think about it. I just, it was involuntary. Just did it. And I was like, no, no, you know, I'm putting too much emphasis on what I look like because I want people to see me. I just want to be me. And so I've deflated and let my stomach back out. I'm like, this is who I am. I am not going to take another second and waste another second worrying about how I want others to perceive me. Instead, I just want to fully experience life. And I think for a lot of us, this is scary because we think if we do that, we're going to let ourselves go. And I'm actually going to counter that. I'm going to argue against it. I think it's going to give you the freedom to put your thoughts elsewhere instead of obsessing about what you look like, what you eat, how you move your body, how many minutes you moved your body, you know, because it's that constant judging of ourselves all day long that stresses us out and then causes us to eat. I met a girl the other week. She's like, I just need freedom from myself. I'm sick of always thinking about this every second of the day, constantly scrutinizing my calories and counting my calories and, and wondering if I worked out enough. I don't want to do this anymore. It's exhausting. I think this is where you get your freedom is you stop buying into this idea that you're an ornament and instead you're an instrument. I love this idea. And then here's the third really practical thing you can do. Unfollow, unsubscribe, protect your eyes. If you're looking at images that don't make you feel good about yourself or that cause you to self-objectify, got to get rid of it, right? When we self-compare, we self-objectify. And so if you're in the business of comparing yourself to other people and based off of what they have or what they show you, you know... (sighs) think the whole, we say this a lot and we know it, but we can't get away from it. But the whole Facebook thing, right now, granted I'm older. So Facebook comes more, um, easy to me than Instagram, but Instagram's no different because Instagram is just all pictures. You know, there's a lot of people that I have unfollowed throughout the years because I was, by looking at them, I was instead making, feeling really bad about myself. 
instead of being thankful for all the great things that have happened in my life, it was, yeah, but I don't have that, or I don't look that way, or, you know, their stomach is flatter, or they're prettier, they've got a better skincare routine than I do. Well, let's be honest, everybody has a better skincare routine than I do, because I do nothing, all right? So can't even make that argument. But this is what I'm talking about. If it's causing you to you know, have a poor self-image of yourself and therefore, you know, impacting your confidence and your self-esteem, then it's just got to go, right? If you're following people, it's basically a glorified mirror. (laughs) I already told you what I think about mirrors. I want us to just be and exist and do things that feel good to us instead of living a double life that is leaving us in prison. It's leaving us in a mental prison. And I want more for everyone. I want more for myself. And so I'm going to ask you to hold me accountable too. If you see me doing something or you hear me saying something, call me out on it because I want to do better. And so I'm going to recommend you get this book because I think you would really like it. I think it's, it raises questions. At least it did for me. And, um, And I hope you come to some answers and I hope you realize that, you know, you're not an ornament, you're an instrument. I hope you realize you're not a before and after you're a during and you don't have to look at things that make you feel bad. Just unfollow or unsubscribe or, you know, talk it over with some of your closest friends and think about how you can do better and how you can show up in your most authentic self So you can fully experience the friendships that you have that bring meaning and joy to your life. That's all I got. (laughs) All right. I need to give you guys a recipe. So today I found this recipe. I've made it a couple times. It's actually from this book called Run Fast, Eat Slow by Shailene Flanagan. She's a marathon runner. So she has a lot of great recipes that just really give you a lot of energy and taste good. Um, this is the veggie fried rice recipe. Um, here, I didn't give you a fun fact at the top of the podcast. The first time I ever had Asian food was when I was in college. My parents, you know, told you I grew up in Lancaster County. They are like diehard Lancaster County people. Meat, potatoes, and vegetable. And anything that varied from that, we never had. Didn't have Mexican food either until I was in college. So, um... I like it. I like different cuisines. Uh, But this is a veggie fried rice recipe that I really enjoy. Um, So let's give you the recipe. All right, you're going to need two tablespoons of oil, two cloves of garlic minced, two tablespoons of finely chopped ginger, a quarter teaspoon of red pepper flakes, five to six cups of mixed chopped vegetables. So we're talking carrots, celery, bell peppers, peas, asparagus, really anything you have on hand. You just want to chop them so that they're about the same size because we want them to cook at the same speed. Uh, You'll need a half a teaspoon of salt, four cups of brown rice. Um, Ideally, that would be a day old, or if you are going to make it, you want to chill it just so it firms up a little bit and gets kind of sticky. Two tablespoons of soy sauce, two eggs, one teaspoon of toasted sesame oil, three scallions, and a half a cup of chopped peanuts or cashews. 
they're optional, but I would definitely suggest them. So you're going to heat a wok over high heat. If you don't have a wok, no problem. You're just going to use a big saute pan. Now here's the thing, whenever you're making like a fried rice or a stir fry or anything like that, you want to have all your ingredients chopped and ready to go because you're going to use high heat, which means it's going to cook fast. And so you don't want to be trying to chop while you're cooking because you got to be stirring so the things don't burn. The food doesn't burn. All right. So in this case, you want to have all your food prepped, ready to go. Pretend you're on a cooking show, measure everything out. And then when it's time to go to the next step, you're on top of it. So go ahead and heat a wok over high heat. Add a tablespoon of the oil, swirl to coat the bottom just so nothing sticks. And then remove the wok from the heat and add the garlic, ginger, and red pepper flakes. You can go ahead and just cook that briefly. You want to stir continuously for about a minute or until the herbs get real fragrant, or I should say the garlic and the ginger. Then you're going to return the wok to the heat and immediately add the mixed vegetables and salt. You're going to cook, stirring occasionally until the veggies are lightly browned and tender, 10 to 15 minutes. Again, you just want to cook them till they're soft. Depending on how small you chop them, it might even take a shorter amount of time. After you're done cooking the vegetables, go ahead and transfer them to a bowl. You're going to heat the remaining tablespoon of oil and add the rice and soy sauce to the pan and cook. Just go ahead and stir occasionally until it's lightly browned and toasty about three minutes. Next, you're going to reduce the heat to low and you're going to push the rice to one side of the pan and crack the eggs on the other side and cook them stirring continuously. So you're going to scramble them and you're going to stir the eggs into the rice, break up any clumps, and then go ahead and add the vegetables back to the wok and stir to combine. And that's it. That's how simple it is. Go ahead, turn off the heat, stir in the sesame oil if you're using it. Uh, you can add more, add more soy sauce if you feel it needs it. And then immediately serve topped with the scallions and the nuts. And that's it. That is your quick, easy, go-to, healthy, delicious recipe for the week. All right, guys, as always, thank you so much for showing up. And um, if there's anything I can do to help, just reach out. Or if there's any topics that you want to hear more about in these podcasts, please let me know. They are here for you to help you, to serve you, to help you navigate your way through all this. And um, I'm happy to, to be here with you. All right. Have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at bodymetricshealth. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.